Let me pray for us uh, as we come this morning. Let me pray. Truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of us this morning. Father, that we might get a glimpse of Jesus. Father, that we would know what it is to come to him, to find forgiveness, to find rest for our soul. You know each of our struggles. You know each of the journeys that lie ahead of us when we leave Kinfire and go on our way. Father, give us the strength. Help us to cast all our, our worries at your feet. Teach us to be strong and courageous because you are with us. Speak to us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, in, in a second, we're going to read page 16, and we're going we're gonna to think about uh, Sinead uh, and Brennan. Um, I hope you got a chance to get uh, tear into the cinema yesterday. I would love to hear some of your stories of how you got him there. If we have time at the end, we will. Um, uh, but before we do that, we've, we've had some amazing questions come through. Uh, I'd love to bounce them around. If you've got the number on your phone, feel free to text them in uh, now as we're doing this. That would be great. So Tanya, first, first question we got. Okay, question one. How do we know we're casting all our worries to the Lord and not just shoving them under a rug as a sanctuary? How do we know we're casting them uh, to the Lord and not just shoving them under a rug? Actually, could we come back to that one? Go okay. To, go to the next one. Question two. <laughs> I'm shoving it under a rug. <laughs> when are we to be proactive in an issue and when are we to wait upon the Lord? Um. If, if, if we give the screen a little click there, uh, one more. So do you remember we were doing the, the mind, the heart, the body, and the hand? Um, see, see the mind one? That is actually being able to think clearly about a situation. The thing with anxiety is it becomes this fog where everything just merges together with this, you're worrying about everything and nothing all at the same time. And, and one of the things about the, the skill of being able to get it clear in the mind. Remember we did that with Tiernan to the assembly. What are you actually worried about so that we can deal with it? Um, uh, that's one of the skills of, of this, of working out, actually in this, in this mess, what do I leave to God and what can I sort myself? So take Maven Tiernan. As she is waiting for the results, there's literally nothing she can do. And, and, and that's a very clear Philippians 4, you have to just leave this with the Lord. With, with Tiernan and the, and the assembly hall, it's very clear, Tiernan, you gotta go. You gotta get up there and, and use the voice of God. So you gotta be strong. And, and those are two polar opposites where it's dead clear. Uh, you will get ones that are a wee bit more murky. And, and actually, <clears throat> how, how, just how much do I need to do to get involved? In and that's where you earn your money on the clear thinking. Actually, how much of this do I just entrust to God? Um, how much of this do I need to be strong and courageous and, uh, and do something? Um, uh, and what, one of the things that you will find is, this is a very hard skill in the Christian life, to know how to do that. And it's why, it's why one of my passions in, in, in teaching parenting courses is, is learning this from the ground up. Um, I want kids to learn. Actually, there are some things I've no control over, and there's some things actually I've got to be strong and courageous. And there's a lot of things that are kind of in the middle. Um, and when, so I'm just thinking, so when you're in the middle of, when you're feeling very anxious and worried, it's actually really hard to have clear thinking. So, like, I guess, what are the, how, how can we help ourselves to, um, to figure out whether to be proactive? Do you know? Um, one of my pleas is you need people in your life to talk to. 
You need people in your life to bounce these things off. Do you remember that prayer of Philippians that our love would abound in knowledge and depth of insight so that we would be able to discern what is best? That's a community project. Um, and one of, the, one of the, the, the habits that we've got to be in is having people that we can go to to bounce those fears and those worries off. Um, that, that this has to be a community. But... But you have to understand that not everybody's advice is equal, okay? There is a lot of bad advice out there, and you have to find those people that actually are wise and, and, and can help you work out what is, the way, what is the way forward. Thank you. You lift your fears to God, but still worry. How do you overcome this? You lift your fears to God, but still you worry. Um, uh, okay, I, w- I want you to imagine, right, that this room is, is, is a thick forest and it's overgrown and there's weeds and there's briars. Like you, 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 would, you would come to that door, you, would come, you physically couldn't get through it. Are you, are you with me? It's, it's just, it's white thorn, it's black thorn, it's, it's briars, it's bindweed, it's everything. You, it's just a mass. Now, if you get to that door, right, and imagine you cut a path here, and across there, and up there, and across, and back out that door. You, you cut the path, and you, you had control. You, you cut it in the first place. But see, every time your foot comes to this doorway, do you know where your foot is going to go? It's going to go on that path. You see, you, you shaped it in the first place, but now that path begins to shape you. Um, you see with Maeve, um, we, we can have a fair guess what the next two weeks are going to be like, don't we? Not because we're mind readers, not because we can predict the future, because she has walked this path every day of her life. She will go to catastrophe, she will go to disaster. She has tread that path, and now that path is shaping her. And, and one of the things that we have to do is learn to cut a new path, and that is not easy. Um, if, if you've got your little handouts there on page 17, um, uh, one of the things you'll notice, you see with Maeve, when she's worried, what does she do? She'll, she'll talk to anyone who will listen, but, but she never makes any progress. It's just, it's going round and round and round. She never makes any progress. Just goes round and round and stews in this whirlwind of, of worry. She, she doesn't have the skills and the tools and, and the wisdom to know how to move through the worry. What does Brennan do? Oh my goodness, he digs a big hole, doesn't he? He digs a big hole and he, and he puts a concrete lid on it and he, and he stands, on, and any time it starts to seep out, he'll stamp it. Just don't talk about it. Just don't think about it. Don't, don't let the worries ruin the rest of your... E- Brennan is, is, is skilled at just digging this hole and burying it and hoping that that solves it. Problem is, when you bury those things, they don't die. They just seep out slowly and poison your soul. And, and actually, neither of these are, are, are good. Neither of them are the right to, to constantly spin in this hamster wheel or to just bury it and, and, and dig it. Um, there are skills to learn. And here's the thing. You see, when there's worry going on in here, that's supposed to be a tool for you, not a master. Um, you, you heard the fire alarm this morning? Do you know what set it off? I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I did I didn't, I thought, this is a good illustration. No, I didn't do it, but, but the, 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 the toast set it off. That, that fire alarm is supposed to be a tool, not a master. Now, here's the problem. See when the feelings are in here? It's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Whoever shouts loudest gets listened to. And, and actually, those fire alarms are supposed to be tools for us, not masters. And so, there's a skill that we need to learn that actually the, the, the pain and the noise in here is not going to be my master, but I'm not just going to bury it. 
Um, so one of the, one of the things I, I, I plead with people is to learn how to sleep. What do you do when you sleep? Because here's what a lot of people do. Oh, my word. The demons come and the worries come. And, and you try and fix them. Do you know that's the worst time? Like that is the worst. When you are at your weakest and most tired and most emotionally vulnerable, and when you need your sleep to attack the next day, that is the worst time to do it. And, and I'm telling you, there, there, there are people in this room who are robbed of sleep because, because they use that as a time to deal with their worries. And you know like the forest path? As soon as you go to bed, there's a, there's a path that's built, and this is the time to worry and stew. Uh, and, and so one of the things I have with, um, uh, with my girls is when we, when we sort of do family devotions, and this might happen uh, from, from time to time, uh, we'll, we'll read the Bible, uh, and then um, we'll, you know, the stuff on the back, anybody feel sad or angry? When did you feel safe that you valued you belonged? Uh, and then we'll have a little tin. Do you know like those old sort of sweet tins? You know, one of those? And we'll say, okay, what are, what are the worries that are burning? And we'll talk about it and we'll see how the Bible helps with them. And then we'll say, right, put them in that tin. And, and when you go to bed tonight, I want you to do a few things. It's there on page 17. I want you to, I want you to calm yourself. Just do a little bit of, of, of breathing. Breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. Just, 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 just calm your body. And then take a memory verse like, like, like Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And then I want you to, to, to go in your mind in a, in a little adventure that is, that is engaging but not stressful and then the worries will come. And when the worries come, I, I want you to say three things. I want you to say, it's not the time. Get back in the tin. We'll talk later. It's not the time. Get back in the tin. We'll talk later. It's not the time. Get back in the tin. We'll talk later. But there's two things. There's two things. There's learning to put it in the tin that it's not your master, but it's also being committed to talking about it later. And where we talk about it later is when we open God's Word and we say, actually, God's Word helps us with these worries. Um, but that is a massive skill to learn, and you are cutting a path through a forest that is hard to cut in the first place, but once you cut it, when your foot hits that path, it will take you. Um, and, and so on that question, how, how do you stop spinning in that, in, that, in that hamster wheel of worry? You have to cut a new path through a forest. Now, Brennan has done it by getting the biggest tin you could ever imagine and having a one-way flap where he just puts all the worries in and never lets them out. They will get out. Did you see what his sleep is like? Oh, he's, he's a master at suppressing his worries at nighttime. Do you see where they seep out? When he's asleep, when he's tortured by the stress and the worries and the nightmares, and the sheets are soaking with sweat because he never talks about it later. And, and so one of the, one of the skills that I would encourage people to develop is to see that those worries are supposed to be tools, not masters. That it's not the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It's not whatever shouts louder gets my attention. You've, you've, you've told me something's wrong, super, we'll deal with it. And a, and a good place to learn that is, um, is, is, is when you're trying to get to sleep. Now that's, that's a tool that you then take throughout the, uh, the day of, I, I have a worry tent and it gets opened but it also gets closed. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that as you develop it, you, you don't need the tin. You learn to do it. 
but particularly if you're doing it for the first time or doing it with, with, with children, having a tin there during your family devotions is a great way to say, we're going to pop this in a tin, and when we go to sleep, it's not the time, get back in the tin, we'll talk later. Now, do you think that's going to work the first night? Oh, my word, it's not. Okay? Uh, I, I, one of my daughters once came to me, I was, I was working outside, and she was like, Daddy, this tin doesn't work. The worries keep coming. And we, we live in the country, so we have working cats. Do you know what working cats are? They catch rats. Which, do you know working cats? They don't come inside, okay? Because they'll bring the rats with them. So the working cats live outside. And we, we go, th- you know, we need a lot of working cats. And every time a new kitten will come, do you know what happens when you open the door? Whew, flies in straight past, it torture you. And who knows, and what it's carrying with it, who knows? Those cats need to stay outside. And, and, and so what you do every time you get a new cat is you put it on the doorstep, it'll run in, you catch it, you put it on the doorstep, you chastise it, and you wait. What does it do? Runs in, you catch it, you put it on the doorstep, you chastise it, what does it do? And you do that 10 times, and then do you know what happens? It sits on the blessed step. And, and I talk to my daughter to say, you see it the first nine times, does that mean it's not working? She goes, no, daddy, that's the process. It always works. And, and see whenever you're trying to cut a new path through a forest. The, 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 the times that it's really hard and the brambles are poking you in the eye, and it, that's not because it's not working. That's the process. But your persistence has to be stronger than the worries. Um, uh, and so that is... To me, that is a huge one, and that is a plea of um, we need to teach ourselves and our children that when it comes to fears and worries, they, they are tools, not masters. It is not the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It is not whoever shouts loudest gets listened to. You, you have a time, little worry, but you're going to wait in the tin. But I will get to you. And I'll get to you with people who I love and trust, with God's word opened, and we will deal with it. And there's something nice, isn't there? Like when you're trying to sleep and you put your worries in your tin and they're, they're still poking out at you and then you're, you're, you're saying your favorite verse over and over again Absolutely. so they don't actually, Absolutely. they're not getting the chance. Absolutely. And, and, and with the breathing and the memory verse, I, I pl- please do, I, I encourage you to pick a little adventure that, that you think about as you go to bed. One that is exciting but not stressful. Um, mine, one of mine, is I imagine there has been a great apocalypse, and I'm one of the last humans left on earth, and I repopulate Ireland with wolves and lynx and bears, uh, and I have to set up this sort of safety place that they don't kill me. It's fascinating. I love it. I've worked through that story many times. Um, but it's finding something that in ga- I'm an introvert, okay? I'm not wishing the apocalypse on you. Um, <laughs> but something that engages you, that isn't stress, that isn't, and, and that is my forest path at, at nighttime. Uh, and teaching yourselves what is sleep about. It is not about solving your problems. It's about sleeping. And it's a great tool then to take into the rest of life, that little worry too. And coming back to question one, how do we know we're casting all our worries to the Lord and not just shoving them onto the rug as a sanctuary? I love that. And um, going, going back to this skill of, uh, of the mind, um, of, of trying, to, uh, trying to decipher, is, is this something that is to be laid before the feet, or is this a time to be strong and courageous? And <clears throat> uh, when, when it is a time to be strong and courageous... It is not enough simply to say, okay, God, there it is, I'll leave it with you. That's like Joshua saying, do you know, I, uh, uh, I'm supposed to lead the people to Jericho. Here, God, I tell you what, I'll leave it with you. No, mate, go, be strong. I'm going with you, but I need you to go. Um, and so it's, it's hard to answer that question until you've done the clear thinking of what is God calling me to do in this situation? Is it to wait and trust? Or is it actually to say, with him, I want to be strong. 
and courageous and go. And, and, and I think the question is right of sometimes when actually we're supposed to be strong, courageous and go and do something and learn to be brave, what we do is we just say, well, I'll just leave it, I'll just leave it with, with God. Sometimes we just have to leave it with God. Sometimes we've got to take God by the hand and say, we'll do this together. I'm delighted you're with me because I couldn't do it myself. Happy? Okay. Um, how do we identify whether an anxiety is being caused by toast or a house fire? And what are examples of both? And how do we deal with them in different ways? So how do we identify um, what are examples of both and how do we deal with them? Brilliant, brilliant. Um, actually, this, this, this is really important. Um, so, uh, um, when Maeve is waiting for the scan results, actually, it's pretty serious, isn't it? Like that, 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 could, that could be life or death. That is, she, she should be, like, she shouldn't be unmoved by that. She should be like, oh my goodness, what if my family's torn apart? What about my kid? But I cannot fix any of that. <clears throat> but it is pretty serious. The high, there really is a fire in the house but I can entrust it to God. When, when Tieran was three years old and, and Sinead took his Lego and, and he went into a fit of rage where he was ready to murder his sister, that was toast, Tieran. Do you know what? We'd die for your sister. You know, the Lego, I understand, but just bring it down. That was, that was just toast, okay? There's a way to deal with this super easy. We, we, we talk about it, we get the Lego back, no problem but it's just toast. But there's a heap of things in between. Actually, see Tiernan standing at the front of the assembly hall and, and speaking? Actually, if he doesn't practice and he makes a fool of himself, he could get, he get bullied for the rest of his days. This isn't just toast, but nor is it the, the house burning down. You know, in the, in the same way in the kitchen, there, there's a world between the toaster and you know, the living room is on fire and, and the, the house is lost. There, there are little small fires. And, and, and part of working with the fire alarm is working, what sort of fire is this? What do I need to do? Is it just toast where I do the tea towel? Is it the, the house is lost, get out? Or is it get the fire extinguisher? There's a whole host of things. And so it, it wouldn't be good for Tiernan if he was getting ready to get up to the assembly hall and he said, I mean, listen, it's just toast. I, I, I know. I mean, the house might not be on fire, but it's more than, it is more than toast. This is, this is actually... This is important. This has to, this, you have to put some work into this reading, otherwise the, the boys at the back will destroy you. Does that make sense? Um, and, and so that, that is really helpful of the, the, the toast and, and the house burning down are not the only, there's a, there's a spectrum there, and, and you have to make sure you explain that to yourselves and others. Otherwise, these worries in here are just dismissed as, as toast. No, they're more than toast. They may not be this, but they but, are more. But how do you identify? Oh, I love which, it. Which is which? And this is where you earn your money. And see the, see the clear thinking? Three-year-old Tiernan, when his Lego is stolen, thinks, I need to turn into savage mode to fight for my life. Actually, we as parents need to talk him down to see, I know it feels like it, but actually we will survive this atrocity and we will get through it. And one of the difficult things is if we are never trained to interpret those fire alarms and assess them and calibrate them, then we overreact. It's where overreactions come from. And, uh, and again, this is, a, this is a community project where when I overreact, I need, I need someone wise there to say, actually, actually I appreciate you were, you were angry, but the angry level was, was up here. Actually, this was, this, this was just a small little pan fire that could have been dealt with with a wet tea towel. Um, and so there, there is no nice equation that will work out. It's the Philippians 1, chapter 9. We need our love to be married to wisdom, to know how to assess where we are in this. And we, we don't do it alone. It's the iron that sharpens iron. We need each other to say, actually, bring it down, bring, bring it up. Actually, you should be more upset about it. You should be less uh, upset. Go ahead, Tanya. I have a few more. Okay, so how, 
not how to not create traumas on our kids and leave negative marks on their lives. So how do we not create traumas on our kids and leave negative marks on their lives? Well, good luck with that. Yeah, I know. Um, there, there's, a certain, there's a certain thing of um, sin has so broken this world that, um, that no kid is going to get away unscathed. But even if they had the best parents in the world, um, uh, imagine if you teach your kids to, to not lie, right? And you're saying, so it's a good thing because if you love each other, you should be able to trust each other. That's a good thing, isn't it? Do you know what sin will do to that? You're, you're saying a good thing. Do you know what sin will do to that? In your kids' ears, what they'll hear is, so if I lie, my love relationship with my parents must be broken. And do you know what you create? The worst we liars ever. Because they're terrified that when they get caught, they won't be loved anymore. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Because you're given such good advice. You can't lie because um, uh, people who love each other have to be able to trust each other. And if, and if people lied, they couldn't trust each other. And so they, how would they ever love each other? That's true. That's really good advice. And I, I'm not saying don't give it. I'm saying understand that sin will twist everything, even good things. And what will happen is, 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 is your child could grow up to think, right, I have to hide my lies. Um, and, and so one of the things that I want to say is, listen, if, if, if any of us are hoping to get our kids unscathed through this life, it doesn't work that way. Both life is too hard and the, their own sin will, will corrupt even the best things that are sent. What my plea is, is, is to teach our children how to understand, to give them language to express what's going on in here, that they, they have the tools that as they see God's wonderful grace, that that grace can come into their soul. They are going to get hurt. Sin is going to get in and twist and corrupt things. And I want them to have the tools to see how God's grace comes in like the balm of Gilead to heal. Um, uh, and so one of, one, one of those habits is to, um, to, to, to both explain the tools to them, to explain these journeys, whatever language you use, um, and to practice and to model what it looks like to allow the gospel to bring healing uh, to some of the damage that's in there. Um, could you reshare the names of the books that you recommended on Friday? Um, uh, so Ed Welsh, Side by Side, uh, Tim Chester, uh, How You Can Change, uh, then uh, there was Helen Thorne yesterday on anxiety. Uh, was there another one? Uh, yes, Embodied. Uh, Kelly Capick, um, You're Just Human. Um, that was a, that's a great book on embracing the fact that we are embodied creatures. Uh, Kelly Capick, K-A-P-I-C, You're Just Human. And... Last but not least, where's the best place to get a good flat cap? <laughs> good question. Uh, TW Men's Wearing Character Cross, I highly recommend it. <laughs> um, please keep the questions coming in. I'd love to, I'd love to get to um, Sinead and Brennan. Page 16, Tanya, would you read uh, page 16 for us? Okay. And then let's give some thought to Sinead and Brennan. Okay, so um, moving forward on the journey. Tiernan has recently been struggling with anxiety. It was his turn to read up front in the school assembly, but as he was waiting to go up, he had a mild panic attack. His teacher rings home and asks Maeve if they should encourage him to opt out of doing public reading. Also, a new cinema has opened in town and Tiernan's friends have invited him there on Friday night. This would be the first time for Tiernan to go out by himself without his parents. He wants to go, but he's scared. He doesn't know why. He just knows that his tummy is sore at the thought of going. 
In school, Sinead has been asked to do a team-based coursework project. One of the members of the team is a particularly unkind girl who knows what Sinead did um, in cheating with her friend's boyfriend, and she delights in making Sinead feel small. As Sinead joins the group, this girl screws up her face and, and says, look who it is. Um, Sinead is deeply embarrassed and awkward and sits quietly at the edge of the group and doesn't speak. When Sinead gets home, she goes to her bedroom and cries her eyes out. She's ready to self-harm, but when Maeve comes in and Sinead breaks when Maeve comes in and Sinead breaks down and tells her all that has happened at school last year. When Brennan gets home, he sits down with Maeve to chat about Tiernan and Sinead. She also tells him that she has had a health scare. An x-ray she has had has showed a scan, has showed a shadow on the scan, sorry. The doctor rang today and said he wants her to come in to do further tests. Maeve knows she is going to be tortured with anxiety until she gets the results. She's worried it's serious, that she's going to die, that the kids will be left without a mother. She is in bits. Brennan tries to tell her that worrying won't help and it's probably nothing, though the mention of death sparks a painful buried memory. When Brennan was 13, his older brother died of bone cancer. Um, after the funeral, the brother was never talked about again in Brennan's home. Maeve is aware that Brennan had an older brother, but they never talked about him either. He skips over the memory and quickly moves on. Brennan jokes that while everyone is confessing their struggles, maybe it's time for him to do the same. With deep awkwardness, um, he tells Maeve that he has had two official complaints lodged against him at work. He verbally abused one of his supervisors when he was asked to redo a piece of work. If he gets one more complaint, the company will let him go. Maeve knew something was wrong. She struggles to sleep at night and Brennan always nods off quickly. But recently she has seen how unsettled his sleep is. He's clearly having nightmares and sometimes his sheets are soaking wet with sweat. All four of them are feeling hammered. Amazing. Okay, what I'd, what I'd love to think about are Brennan and Sinead. Um, in a second we'll talk about it, but I want to uh, give you some uh, areas to think about as you're dealing with this. So think about Sinead. Like she, the poor girl's in a mess, isn't she? And from a Christian perspective, I want to think through what is the way forward for her. Um, and uh, if you think back to, to Genesis 1, 2, and 3, um, there, there's a whole, whole heap of problems that, that starts there, but there's two that I want to pick out. Do you remember when God says to Adam and Eve, if you do this tree, you will surely die? There is, there is the penalty of death for their guilt. With me? Um, and, and that talks about the, the guilt that we have incurred because of sin. But do you notice there's something else that happens? They, he, God used to walk with them in the cool of the day. They, uh, they, they were naked. They felt no shame. What happens when God walks into the garden after they've sinned? Where is he? It's behind a little tree, hiding. And, and God says, what are, you, what are you doing? He says, I'm hiding because I'm naked. He says, who told you were naked? And it all comes out. And and often when we think about sin, we think about the guilt, which is right. And, and sometimes what we, for, what we miss is the shame. And, and if you imagine guilt, guilt is, you know, I, I have done something wrong. Shame is, I am something wrong. And, and Christianity marvelous, marvelously Jesus Christ marvelously comes in to deal with both. Where on the cross, as Jesus hangs on there and bleeds and dies for us, he is, he's, he is paying the price for our sin, for our, for our guilt to be dealt with and cleansed, and we are forgiven. And, and if, I, if I came along to you and I said, do you know you're forgiven? Um, I, I hope you would say, I know it. Because I know how precious Christ's sacrifice is. And, and do you understand that, that if, you, if you don't know just how amazing Christ's sacrifice is, if you don't know just how much you're forgiven, that will poison your soul. That will turn you into a Pharisee trying to earn your salvation. And it will poison your soul. And I, I think, generally, we're, we're pretty good at getting that. 
Actually, when I come to Jesus Christ, when I am united to him by faith through the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I stand here as not just Colin, but Colin, united to Christ by the presence of the Spirit, forgiven in him, I think we get that. I'm not sure we get the shame one. If I ask you, just for a second, close your eyes and picture God looking at you right now. Humor me and, and, and try it. Close your eyes and picture God looking at you right now. And his, his eye is upon you and he sees the whole thing. And he sees all the mess and all the muck. He sees everything. What's in his eye? Is it disappointment or is it delight? Is it disappointment or is it delight? It, it, open our eyes. It, it really matters what your answer was. Because if I asked you when he looks at you, are you forgiven or are you not? You'd say, hey, it really matters what you answer to that. Because if you don't think you're forgiven, that will poison your soul. And you will become a little Pharisee trying to earn your way back to God. It matters what your answer was, whether you think you're a disappointment or whether you think he delights in you. Because if you think you're a disappointment, you will spend your days hiding from him and hiding from others and hiding from yourself. I don't know if you remember the first verse I read out. Zephaniah 3:17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. He will take great delight in you, in love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I mean, we sing God's praises. Did you ever know that when he looks at you, do you know the phrase, the apple, the apple of your eye? You know that's from the Bible. We are the apple of his eye. He doesn't forgive us and then tolerate us. Could you, could you imagine, right? Um, I have one wife and three daughters. Imagine you lined them up here and said, what does Colin make of you? And they said, well, he's very patient to let us be in his family. But we are such a disappointment. Do you think I'd be standing here and hey, they know their place? Or would my heart break? Would I not wish that they could get a glimpse, just a taste of how much I love them? What would it do to them to grow up thinking that they are a disappointment to me? And yet I spend so much time with Bible-believing, evangelical, reformed Christians who can tell me that they are forgiven, that their sins are paid for, that they need earn nothing, but when they close their eyes and they picture God, they see disappointment in God's eyes. Let me tell you, that will poison your soul. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. You see, God's unfailing love forgives us, but he also delights in us. We are, we are the apple of his eye. And so see when it comes to Sinead, see when it comes to the gospel. There's a, there's a host of things it does. It is so rich. But there's two things. See, see, whenever, I, see whenever I come to Jesus Christ in faith, it calls me to repent of my sin, doesn't it? I, I am riddled with sin and I must repent of my sin and, and ask for forgiveness and trust 
in the amazing cross of Christ that has done it all. But that is not where it stops. Imagine, uh, imagine this. Imagine, uh, uh, imagine Shane comes up and he's had enough of me and he just he punches me in the face. Don't do it, Shane. Okay, it's just toast. Imagine he does it, right? A couple of things need to happen, I hope. I hope one of you say, Shane, you should say sorry to Colin. I mean, I get it. But no, no, you should, you should say sorry to Colin. You shouldn't have punched him in the face. But do you know what I also want you to do? I've got a hard face. I want you to take his broken hand and heal it. I want you to tell him, Colin, you got to say sorry. Shane, yeah, not Colin, Shane. (laughs) Shane, you got to say sorry. Now let's come look at that hand. Because see, sin, we got to confess it and repent it. But we got to also acknowledge that sin destroys us. And see, whenever we come to Christ, we repent of our sin. But isn't he the one who binds up the brokenhearted? Isn't he the balm of Gilead for wounded souls? And so when you're looking at Sinead and you're talking to her and you're saying, sweetheart, you're in a mess. And you know what you did with that lad? You shouldn't have done it. And, and we want her to, to confess the, the and, and to say sorry to the to, to, to the friend, and maybe she needs to write a letter to her and say, listen, I messed up, sorry. You're, you're my buddy, I shouldn't have treated you like that. I shouldn't have done it. But most importantly of all, she needs to say sorry to her God because she has, she has sinned against him. And if she is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to encourage her to come and say sorry and repent of her sin and, and to say she's, she, she doesn't want to live that life knowing that she is a heavenly father who forgives her. She needs to know that forgiveness, doesn't she? But Sinead needs to know more than her guilt has been forgiven. Her shame needs dealt with. She needs to know that God sees her and it is safe to be seen by him. That he delights in his children. Do you know when, um, you know, know, uh, Abram and and Sarai and Hagar, remember Hagar and and she's like booted out and she is is in a particularly low, like she is treated like, like dirt. She is in a very low moment. Do you know how she describes God? Um, Let let me read this one. This is... um, Genesis 16, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Isn't that amazing? After Genesis 3, where Adam is hiding behind the tree, terrified that he will be seen in all his weakness and vulnerability. Here is Hagar who says, do you know what's amazing about this God? He sees me. And it is safe to be seen by him. Do you know what, do you know what I want for Shane? I want her to say sorry and to confess her sins and, and to write her letter to her, her best buddy and, and, and to try and make peace and to speak to God and to confess her and to know that there's grace at the cross for her guilt. But I also want healing for her soul because she has started to believe something about herself, that she is worthless as a person and as a friend. I want Sinead to know that God sees her, every part of her, and he loves her, and he delights in her. And Christ doesn't just deal with the forgiveness of guilt. He deals with the poison of shame. You see, when it comes to the gospel, there is both the need for repentance. Sheen has to say, sorry for punching me in the face, but there's also healing. Sheen, let me see that hand. Let's get it fixed up. And when we come to Jesus, we celebrate 
that we are forgiven, that the price has been paid, but we also celebrate that God sees us, all of us, and it is safe to be seen by him because he delights in his children. He sings over us with rejoicing. Um, now, once we've, once we've got that, we've then got to get a plan in place. Like, what is Sinead actually to do? Um, what I'd love to pop on the screen, um, this is right towards the, the back of uh, your handout. Um, uh, there's this little journey. I don't know if you can see it on the screen or if you can see it here. Do you remember these five? The hurt, the emotions, the story, the patterns, the sanctuary. Um, let me... The, the, the hurt, the emotions, the story, the patterns, the sanctuary. Um, you, we find ourselves often in trouble. Where am I? Sinead is at the end of her tether. She is sidelined from the coursework project. She is ready to self-harm. She is just done. And you say, okay, that's, that's where I am. Well, how did I get here? What was the hurt and the emotions and the story and the patterns and the sanctuaries I have built? How did I get here? Now, here's a question. What would it look like to keep going both in sin and foolishness? And what I mean about foolishness is just not knowing how to handle ourselves in the world that we are in. What would it look like for Sinead to keep going the way that she is going? And do you know what I want for Sinead? I want her to know that. I, I want her to know where this path is taking her. And I want her to, to, to answer, do you want that? Can you picture where Sinead's path is taking her? It's not good, is it? And, and, and I want her to see it. Where is this taking me? But there's a fork in the road. And God's love that offers forgiveness from sin, that offers rest for the soul, the dealing with guilt, the dealing with shame, the, 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 the delight in God's eyes, the, um, the, the freedom from the penalty of, uh, of what we have done, where would that take her? In love and wisdom that she became like the olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. What would it look like if she could deal with those things? And if she wants this, if she wants this, what would she have to do? What, what, what would she have to do in, in her clear thinking, in, in, in the renovations of her heart deep inside with Christ? What would she have to do with her, with her body and what help does she need with other people? Does that make sense of the journey that Sinead is on? Now, what I would love you to do um, is, is, is to talk about Sinead in, in your pairs, in your threes or fours or whatever it is, um, with an eye to, if you've got your hand out, the, the, the inside of the back cover is to do that map for yourselves. To actually see, where am I? How did I get here? What are the paths that lie before me and how does God's love in the person of Jesus Christ and all he has done in the cross and resurrection how does that make a fork in my road? Um, but let's take five minutes, and what I'd like you to do is just take Sinead. I'm sorry, we're not going to get on to Brennan. Take Sinead and, and, and articulate, where, where is she? How did she get here? What are her two options? And if she wants to choose this one, what would it actually look like to move forward? What, what, what thinking does she need to clear up? What, what, what heart work does she need to do? Does that make sense? So take five minutes uh, with the person beside you in, in the groups you're in and uh, talk through how we move Sinead forward. Tear away. Um, we will... We will... Um, uh, uh, finish up... Um, 
I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to feedback on Sinead or Brennan. I hope, I hope you've solved it for her. I hope she's back um, thriving. It is hard, isn't it? Now, one of the things I'd love you to clock is, um, obviously this is a fictional family. If you met them, they're actually on the surface thriving. Okay, this is a very soft case. This isn't just the normal family. If you met them in church, they're thriving. And Sinead is just written off as a you know, grumpy teenager and all the rest. It gets a lot more painful than this. Um, and and one, of my, one of my pleas is, um, is to talk about it, um, that you can find ways to survive. Brennan is finding ways to survive. We're all finding ways, to, but actually Scripture calls us not just to survive, but to flourish as an olive tree planted in the house of God, trusting in his unfailing love forever. And it is hard. And, and I don't know if you've ever read Romans 9. Romans 9 is, is, is hard. If you want to understand what Romans 9 is, you've got, to, you've got to go and find someone who's got a big old head on them and, and figure out what on earth is Paul saying in Romans 9. Let me tell you, your heart is pretty complicated too. And it, and it takes time to work out what is going on. But my plea for us is that we wouldn't just survive as the people of God, that we would thrive and we, we, we've had a few questions and we can't answer them all. Um, one, one of the ones I'd, I'd love to throw out is we often understand that there's something in our DNA that drives us towards being the Pharisee. And, and, and as we're raising kids, it's good, to, it's good to spot that. Of There's something in us that thinks we need to earn our salvation. We need to deal with our own guilt. Please never forget there's also something in us that wants to hide. And, and if you have children or grandchildren or no kids, there is something in their spiritual DNA that will see themselves as a disappointment and that they will need to hide. And, and we need to watch for each of us. When, are, when, when, when does sin get a, get a grip in that, that says we need to earn our place guilt-wise? But also when does sin get in to poison our soul that says we need to hide? It's not safe to be seen. And, and honestly, with people, it isn't safe to be seen by some people. They will, they will destroy you. You know, when Jesus sends them out and he says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves, be as innocent as a dove and shrewd as a snake, not everyone is safe. But he is. And it is safe to be seen by him. Can I pray for us to finish? For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone in this room, fearfully and wonderfully made by you. Lord, may we each know what it is in Jesus Christ to have redemption from sin and rest for our soul. Speak to us this morning, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.